Hello and namaste everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Meditation Matters. I'm your host, Mara Shell, and today's episode will be about healing habits for the soul. Okay, so I've really taken the time to really meditate on habits, habits that I have for myself, habits that I've maybe let go of in the past, um, new habits, old habits, habits, how they've transformed, especially in these past couple of months where I've really been diving on a healing journey. What type of habits have I kind of brought into my life as a means to help me plunge deeper into this self-healing journey here? And um, I spent a lot of time just kind of like sleeping on it, meditating on it, analyzing it. Of course, I know what I do, right? But but really trying to like speak to others on this platform about habits and how to identify habits and undo habits or bring on new habits and being consistent and persistent about the habits and holding yourself accountable and reliable for the habits. And then really trying to think to myself, well, you know, what really was the impetus for me to really stick to the habits that I have now brought into my life? Um, and, and allow my habits to even expand. Um, I will admit that in the morning time, my uh, morning routine ends up being, being like an hour and a half, two hours long um, because of what I do. And I will really tap into my routine um, a little bit later on this episode, but I kind of wanted to start with like all these different questions I had about habits, right? Like what really are they? What kind of power do they really have? And if we really want to undo a habit that we feel no longer is good for us or doesn't serve us in any great way, how can we get rid of that habit and start to bring in other habits that serve our being and serve our journey on self-discovery, self-care, self-love, and everything else that we're trying to achieve? So I wanted to go ahead and so first, I wanted to go ahead and look up what a habit actually is. So first, I'll be using the Oxford Dictionary. I have a couple of definitions as well. So the first one says that a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that can be hard to give up. Another definition says that it is a behavior pattern acquired by frequent repetition or physiologic exposure that shows itself in regularity or increased facility of performance. That's the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Um, the free dictionary defines it as a recurrent, often unconscious pattern of behavior that is acquired through frequent repetition. And then finally, the Macmillan Dictionary defines it as something that you do often or regularly, often without thinking about it. So I'm sure that we can all think of some habits that we do right now, right? Um, the habit of brushing your teeth or taking a shower or, or different things. I mean, habits tend to be triggered by different cues or circumstances. And we all know that there may be a habit or two that we do that maybe isn't the best. And we, I'm talking about all types of habits. It doesn't have to be just a physical habit of brushing your teeth or going to work or taking the same direction, right? Other habits can be like mental habits, um, emotional habits, habits of how we talk to ourselves and other people, habits on how we deal with situations, habits on how we approach ourselves, uh, habits on things that you know, just everything that you can ever imagine from the physical to the metaphysical, things that we can touch, things that we can't touch, right? So everything matters in how we frame our existence here. And if our greater purpose in life is to attain some grand, you know, state of being, presence, being more mindful, more patient, I mean, we've talked about all these different things that maybe we could intend to want for ourselves, uh, a better career, uh, about a mind frame, 
confidence, entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, all these different things gonna are do they do take a certain way of thinking. And if you find that you're trapped in a way of like cyclical negative thinking patterns, something that I definitely had for a very long time, you'll find that it may get relatively hard to really keep up with new habits or really attain certain things in your life because you're constantly having this negative auric or energetic field surrounding yourself, coming from your mind, coming from the negative self-talk, coming from not treating your body, your temple well, or not listening to your intuition or not tapping really into who you are as a person and just kind of living a relatively surface level existence. Um, at the end of the day, we're, we're all very grand, divine, and amazing beings that are filled with so much power and capacity if we just really allow ourselves to tap into that. And that's why I really wanted to talk about habits, because I began to really realize during my thinking and meditation on this topic that the habits that I formed for myself, I did them some time ago, and others I joined them on relatively recently. And they have really began to help me transform my life. It's, it could be the simplest thing as waking up in the morning and placing my hands over my heart and just saying a, very, a phrase of gratitude or a prayer of thanks for the simple fact that one, I can wake up and breathe and then place my hand over my heart. I mean, it's like been so amazingly transformative that I can experience that and just waking up at 6, 6.30 in the morning, whatever time I decide to wake up, and just greet my existence with gratitude every day for the past couple of months has been truly transformative. So, But we all know that we, can, that we may have some habits that can be hard to change, that can be hard to let go of. So um, even to add like a new routine to our daily practice, right? So if we want to start going to the gym every day for at least 30 minutes, I mean, keeping up with that, especially when your body begins to ache and have growing pains from the gym, you know, that can get a little bit hard. It can be hard to keep up with. They typically say that it takes about 21 days for something new that you're doing for you to continue to do it on a repetitive basis for it to become a habit, something that you just kind of unconsciously do. It becomes a part of your routine. But we do know that there can be habits that serve us on and they nurture us on a very mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional level. And then we can also have habits that don't do that. They harm us. They're unhealthy. They're whatever it may be. They don't serve us. And the interesting part about habits that I mentioned earlier briefly is that they typically come about via a trigger or a cue. So a trigger could be like a location or an emotional state, a thought, a belief, a pattern, a behavior, or anything else of the such that can like kind of trigger you to have some sort of response. And a trigger typically will result in some sort of execution of the routine, right? And then generally what is associated with that routine is some sort of reward that is then attached to that routine that you're doing. So let's use something pretty generic. I wake up and I brush my teeth in the morning. That is like one of the first things that I do. I brush my teeth and um, I guess I'm triggered by that because I'm like, ah, my breath is gross. (laughs) So let me go brush my teeth. I do that, and um, the reward of that is that, one, my breath no longer tastes gross or smells gross, and now all that gunk and bacteria and just anything else that really just could grow into something worse disease-wise is now removed, Um, the flossing, everything else. So that's like an example of something that's triggered 
by a location or emotional state or I'm just kind of like, oh, I thought I'm like, ah, my breath is gross. Let me go brush my teeth. Right. Because you can even have the same thought in the middle of the day and you're like, my breath is gross. Let me go brush my teeth. So that's an example of a trigger. And then you have the routine itself and then the reward of no longer having gross breath. Um, so what's interesting about this is that, like I mentioned, you can have habits that serve you and that don't. And the habits, no matter what they are, and honestly, at the end of the day, the universe isn't going to discern between what is good or not good for you, right? It's all just kind of energy being emitted. We've talked about it a couple of different times. Um, but no matter what, if you continue to do these things, whether they serve you or not, they're going to have an impact on your life in the long run. So a really interesting thing to do is to kind of like first really understand these habits that you have. And if you haven't really ever taken the time to unpack them, it might be good, especially if you find yourself in a position where you have an intention to change a habit that you may have. So let's just say, I don't know, it's the new year, right? It's 2019 and you're making a New Year's resolution and you're saying, look, I want to spend at least five minutes every morning meditating, just sitting in peace with myself. I've never really done it before. And maybe you're a little nervous, right? You're, you're like, I don't know, my mind goes all over the place. It's pretty chaotic. I can't really focus. It's so hard for me to sit and meditate. But you know, I want to try and do it. And I want to do it because I've read so much that it can help to calm me down. It can help me manage my emotional states. It can help me manage stress. Like, I just want to give it a try. So you're like, okay, cool. So the new year breaks. And you sit down for the first five minutes and you're like, all right, that five minutes ends up being chaotic. Like your brain is like, bat, 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 like just throwing all types of thoughts and gunk and whatever it may be at you. And you're just at a place where you're trying to continue to sit through this or whether or not you're doing a guided meditation or just sitting by yourself and you're just trying to really convince yourself to stay but it gets overwhelming you get disappointed you don't see the result that you wanted to see so you're like you know what I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go calm myself down the way that I like to calm myself down and let's just say that the way that you enjoy calming yourself down whenever you're emotionally triggered like this is by smoking a cig you just want to hit a cig real quick calms your nerves, makes you feel a little bit better, you get some time with yourself, you know, it is what it is. But you know deep sound, even as soon as you begin to, that routine is coming, so you've been triggered, let's go back to that, you've been triggered emotionally because you're disappointed, you were overwhelmed, and your, ner you just, your nerves are racking. So that emotional trigger then cued for you to do a routine, and that routine is to go smoke a cig outside. And so as you're commencing that routine, the reward associated with that routine is that you're going to be calmer, you're not, your nerves are going to calm down, you're not going to have that chaotic racking in your brain anymore, you're going to be able to chill, right? But as you're commencing that routine of lighting that cigarette, you know deep down inside that this is the exact routine that you no longer want to have. You want to stop it. You, you want to, whether or not it be health reasons or other reasons that, you know, you may associate with this practice, you're just kind of saying, you know, I, I really don't want to rely on cigarettes anymore as a means to calm my nerves. Like, I, I want to focus on something else. And that's why I want to do this meditation. So you end up smoking the cig anyway, you know, kind of thinking about this, racking your brain about this concept and how the meditation didn't turn out the right way. And, you know, you didn't expect your brain to be so chaotic and you knew it wasn't going to work. And so you're just kind of, again, cycling through like this and another form of a negative thought pattern as you're doing the routine, the habit that, that brings you what you define as calmness. And so what's interesting about these different things is there is a way 
to one, undo, unpack, and change a habit. And it really is up to you. And after taking some time to read through some work, there's a five steps that have been recommended as a means to undo habits or better understand a habit and to then try to replace it or change it or get rid of it completely. And so the first recommendation is one, identify the habit. So in this case, the habit is that you're using cigarettes to calm you down. Identify the trigger or cue of the habit. In this case, the trigger is when you get emotionally worked up or disappointed because something didn't go your way or you thought it should have gone differently or your nerves are racking, your mind's too chaotic, right? That's the cue. Identify the routine of this habit. All right, so what is the routine? All right, so in this case, maybe, you know, the routine is, is the action of smoking a cigarette. And then start to ask yourself, okay, well, how often does this happen? Is, is it multiple times a day? Um, or is it just something I do every once in a while? Um, and, and, and does it always trigger when I'm emotionally cued? Or, or am I smoking for other reasons, right? So you can start to really unpack, like, every time that you're beginning to find yourself doing that routine or that action that you know doesn't serve you and you know that you want to change, you begin to ask yourself, okay, so maybe I smoke like five times a day. What happens every time before I smoke? Am I getting worked up at work? Um, am I getting worked up at my job? Am I getting worked up about a relationship? Am I getting worked up by X, Y, Z? So you're just like unpacking and asking yourself these variable questions. And then the next thing to do is to identify the reward that you get from this habit, right? So in this case, the reward from smoking the cigarette is some sort of calmness, some sort of nerve. Um, it just relaxes your nerves. Um, or And then also ask yourself, what are you really craving or averting by this habit, right? So what are you really craving? It seems that based on this scenario, you're craving calmness, calmness of mind, heart, spirit, soul, you're craving a way to be able to, within yourself, attain this calmness. And so that's why you wanted to try out meditation. You wanted it to replace your habit of smoking cigs. But, you know, you got a little bit worked up, so you went back to your habit of smoking cigs, right? So the really important piece about this last part of the question I asked for step number four being, what are you really craving or averting? The craving piece, as I mentioned, would be the calmness. Perhaps, though, that you could be averting addressing yourself and holding yourself completely accountable and reliable to be able to hold on and keep trying again. Something like meditating for a few moments every day to see how that helps, right? And of course, like when it comes to the to this this practice of smoking cigarettes, you know, it's an interesting example because there can also be various chemical and addictive you know things going on within our your physical body that can keep you wanting to do the same thing but just like the mind and just like the body it's really up to you to want to interject within that chemical reaction that's like go get the sick now or do this now because it's going to help you feel better right so do this practice put that chemical in your body to achieve XYZ result. It's up to you to do the process of one, identifying the trigger or cue, identifying the routine and the reward of the habit that you would like to change. And then you make the conscious decision to then choose that behavior. And if you have to reach out for help, 
from others or from programs or whatever it may be to help you work through that, you can. There's also herbal remedies to really kind of help you through any of these things. But what's important at the same time is that whatever you seek for help outside of yourself, you also have to remember to seek for help within. So you are going within and tapping into your higher divine being to then work through, undo this habit, change it, let it go, and then adopt a habit that better serves you. And as I talked about in episode five of Meditation Matters, we really dove into vulnerability here. And as I've mentioned in other episodes, the importance of being raw, straight up raw with yourself, that matters a lot. And I don't know how much I can stress, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be up to you. It's always going to be up to your willingness to want to change something. No matter how hard it may be or seem to stop doing something that doesn't serve you, whether or not it be a thought pattern, a physical practice, or anything of the like, you are responsible for taking the necessary steps to changing it, to letting it go, and to detaching yourself from any type of reward, craving, or aversion that you may get from that habit or from that practice. What's interesting also is to note that as you're working through trying to undo a habit or adopt a new habit, it's important to be kind to yourself and to know that it can take some time. So for the example of you no longer want to smoke cigarettes and you want to use meditation instead, know that it is important for you to be persistent and consistent and to come back to the meditation, to still try. You're not going to get anywhere if you tried it once and, oh, it didn't work out the first time. You know, that's like if I wanted to gain, you know, 10 pounds because, you know, maybe maybe I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle, right? But if I go to the gym once and I'm like, oh, God, this was so hard. I don't want to do it again. I'll never gain those 10 pounds. I'll never reach my goal. I'll never really hit the desire that I really have. I'll never reach that intention, right? And if I really want to reach that goal. It is up to me to reach that goal. Nobody else but me. And then if I don't give myself the opportunity to keep trying little by little or to seek out resources that can help guide me on my workout journey or my cigarette journey or whatever it may be, I'm never going to get there. And I have to hold myself 100% accountable because no one else could do it for me. And even, even if for you, someone else tries to hold you accountable, it's still up to you to want it for yourself. And that is a very, very, very important thing. You are in charge of changing the chemical imbalances in your mind and getting yourself back to that balance. And you know, we're going to also dive into how meditation can really help to balance a lot of those chemicals and the imbalances that we may find in our mind and our body. And, um, I do want to go ahead and dive into another important, important concept of being able to heal through habits that maybe no longer serve you, but adapting to and adopting healing habits of the soul. And one of the first healing habits of the soul that I really want to talk about here is forgiveness. Okay, so now that we've taken some time to really talk about what a habit is and really identifying ways to get through habits, let go of habits, or change habits that maybe we don't want anymore and try to adopt new habits, Let's. I'm going to start diving into the true, true purpose of this topic today, which is 
adopting healing habits for the soul. And one of the first healing habits I want to talk about is self-forgiveness and even forgiveness in the whole. You know, the other day I had a really great pleasure of speaking to a friend from college and um, she was talking about how she's been going through her self-healing journey and how she asked God to give her the power to forgive herself and others. And then as soon as she asked for that, situation after situation after situation started to pop up that was difficult and very trying and forced her to be in a space where she knew she had to forgive. That's crazy, right? So first, I want to kind of start with this quote here um, from an individual named uh, Jeffrey. And he says, trauma is not an empty hole filled with darkness. There is a very large gold mine underneath it. So what's really interesting about that is that a lot of the times maybe we can find ourselves having a hard time forgiving ourselves or others of any type of trauma or any type of habits that we may have picked up throughout our life, right? Forgiveness is one of the foundations and one of the most important pieces of a self-journey and of a loving journey and the journey of self-care and one of the best healing habits for the soul. Digging a little bit more into this concept of self-forgiveness, one of the questions that we may ask ourselves is, is, why is any of this happening to me, right? And what can I do to transcend from this vicious cycle of trauma or of unserving, unhealthy thought patterns, physical patterns, whatever it may be? This one article I really dug into, it was really, really awesome. They were talking about how it is possible to free yourself from a pattern of traumatic events that you've either been in from yourself, from other people, or maybe you've placed yourself in. And, you know, as with undoing a habit or picking up a new habit, it can take some time, weeks, months, or whatever it may be, to train your heart to let go and to truly forgive. Even allowing myself to be an example real quick, there were people in my life that really hurt me, and I was holding on to that pain, not being able to forgive them or even myself for years. And what's crazy is that not too long ago, I came to a space where I literally was able to forgive and let go. But even when I had the opportunity to speak to the people that hurt me, it was all love. Because forgiveness isn't about just like, just forgiving, right, and forgetting. That's not what it is. Forgiveness is a practice of self-care and it is a practice of self-love. You have to be able to forgive yourself for, say, holding on to that grudge or, say, not being able to, you know, reach that, that goal of immediately, you know, being able to calm yourself through your meditative practice that you just took on for your 2019 resolution and forgive yourself for resorting back to smoking that cigarette to reach that calmness because you, you were nerved, right? You know what I'm saying? Forgive yourself for that, especially if your ultimate goal and intention is to continue on your journey of self-love and self-care. Self-care is more than just giving yourself nice massages and going on vacation every once in a while. Self-care is really a journey of digging through the rut in your life digging through the trauma and digging through the suffering. Self-care is like, it's a journey. 
of ups and downs. And I know I've probably said this before, but it's it's not always going to be peaches and cream. I think that some people, or even ourselves, including myself, you know, sometimes we, we, we can think that this new journey of self-love and self-care is going to be blissful and awesome. And then we start diving into it because, you know, we, we've set an intention with our heart and then we've really prayed on it. We said, you know what, Lord, I, I want to, I want to learn how to love myself better. I want to learn how to care for myself better. I want to learn how to get rid of these traumatic events in my life and be able to forgive and let go and move on. You set that intention. And let me tell you, things are going to start coming up in your life that are going to be hard to think about, to bear, and to carry. And you're not going to want to do it, but you have to. That's what you asked for. You asked for self-care, for self-love. You asked to get to a place where you can forgive. You've asked for more patience and to learn how to be able to deal with yourself, to be more loving to yourself, to be more, whatever it may be, you've asked for this. And so if you truly, truly, truly want it, when it comes, now it is time for you to act upon the very thing that you asked for from the universe. As always with anything that you do, I've said this before, but the key is choosing to be consistent, not only in allowing yourself to embrace forgiveness, allowing yourself to let go of situations, people, or things that don't serve you, but also allowing yourself to be kind and gentle with not only yourself, but everyone around you in every way possible, every single day. Just like a habit or going to the gym every day and becoming more comfortable with that, you have to go every day. Or just like with meditation, you have to practice every day. It's going to be the same thing with any type of self-healing habit. You're going to have to practice it every day. So when you're walking down the street and somebody has cut you off and you're like, oh my God, irk, angry, it's okay. Relax, take a deep breath, analyze that emotion, analyze it. Analyze any trigger that may have come up and any type of routine you may have wanted to do. Let's just say the trigger is anger. The routine is, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And the reward is, I gave them a piece of my mind. Now they know not to mess with me again. You know, at the end of the day, always reacting with such aggression isn't always the best action. It always doesn't always lead to the best consequences. It isn't always the best habit. And it doesn't always fulfill you in the way that it should. There is going to be perhaps sometimes a time and a place where you'll need to stand up for yourself, sure, and hold your ground and speak up and be confident about it. But there's always a way to do it in a way that is kind, gentle, and loving. You can be firm in your speech and firm about the boundaries that you want and don't want. Trust me, every once in a while, I am tried, okay? I'm tried by all different types of people. But you know what? It's okay because in that moment, I try to take my time to recenter my thoughts and my actions, to recenter my emotions, and to really analyze if this is something that is good for me to do, to react in the way that I really want to react. Like, do I really want to give them a piece of my mind? Because they might get pretty crazy. <laughs> and do I really want to deal with that in the longer term, right? The reality is that with practice, you'll attain mastery over anything. Anything that is being commanding and demanding of your ego. And ego is something that I want to talk about in a completely separate episode because there's so, so much to unpack about the ego. But, you know, the reality is that persistent and consistent work towards anything that you want that really serves your being, 
is very important and it's up to you. And another important thing that's really interesting to talk about when it comes to forgiveness and unpacking traumatic events, the article kind of hit on something that I thought was really great to talk about is how like perhaps our childhood experiences or anything that we've experienced throughout our life, whether or not through be our guardians or anybody else, people that have come in our life are carrying their own baggage that is traumatic in its own way. And these are things that maybe they could have learned from their parents, learning from their parents and their parents. So this is like generational baggage and traumatic events that can be passed down and emotions can very much so be passed down through not only energy but also generationally you can also be born with certain emotions lodged and trapped in your being and you can also acquire trapped emotions within your being before you even can actually understand that concept you could be one years old and have an emotion trapped and lodged in your body that can manifest into a physical disease i did talk about that a little bit before when i mentioned the emotion code uh, the author there really dives into this concept really in an awesome way. So I definitely recommend everyone reading it. I will link that book to this description as well for everyone who is really interested in understanding the energy and concept of emotions and how they can impact our lives on not only a mental and emotional level, but also a spiritual and physical level as well. What was interesting about kind of getting back to this concept of you know childhood trauma and forgiveness, what's interesting is that, you know, we are conditioned in some way. And what's important about self-care, self-love, and healing is that you're unpacking and you're deconditioning. And you're getting yourself to a point where you're able to rest in the love and the compassion of what is forgiveness. You're allowing yourself to unpack all that heavy generational trauma, generational conditioning, generational burden, pain, doubt, self-sabotage, uh, insecurity, narrow-minded beliefs, unconscious forgiving habits, self-neglect, whatever it may be. This is all something that you can allow yourself to unpack through forgiveness. So that's why I really wanted to take a moment to really dive deep into the first healing habit for the soul, that being forgiveness for yourself and for others. And before I move on, I do want to briefly talk about a practice of forgiveness. So you're like, Naya, how can I even start? Where, where do I start with this forgiveness thing? Is it simply just a prayer? Like, where do I start? Here's an example, right? You can start with taking one long, slow, deep breath into your belly. Feel what is the heaviest burden or weight carrying inside you. Notice the energy around your heart, deep in your stomach, or weighing on your back and shoulders. Once you find the tension, give it permission to be there. It is already there. And it's not going anywhere. So just accept it for what it is right now. Now bring more and more awareness into that tension. The heaviness, the tightness, whatever the pain you're holding inside. Be aware of it without trying to change it. Notice where it is exactly inside of you and how long it's been there. Look to see if there is a certain time, person, or place when it tends to flare up quite strong. The longer you allow for the feeling of this pain to be there, the deeper the roots of forgiveness can dig down inside and penetrate through the very core, reaching into every cell of your being. Know that the energy of forgiveness starts with a choice and that it is within your heart where you'll find the truth and that truth will set you free. The heart is the secret of your life You'll realize what real empowerment is and how to manifest total freedom, abundance, and success on all levels. 
if you allow yourself to really tap into the issues that you're dealing with, find the ability to truly and genuinely believe and forgive and to let go. And let me tell you something, even though it may feel like what you're feeling isn't going anywhere now, it will indeed go somewhere and it will just dissipate. That energy channel will just open up and that forgiveness that has now rooted itself in wherever that emotion was will begin to just permeate throughout your entire body. So indeed, it will go somewhere. But while you're currently in that meditative state, it's important or just that meditative or thought state digging deep inside yourself. And note, when you're going through this, you can indeed write it out. You can use an audio recording. Um, you can paint it out. You could do whatever it helps you to kind of really dive into that meditative space, state of unpacking that emotion and really begin to really work through and heal through that traumatic event slowly but surely. And this is something that you can do more than once. You can sit just for a moment and really take the time to breathe and think about it and, and just really feel the energy that it gives you. And if it's totally something that just really weighs on your being in a very negative and unhealthy way, that's how you 100% know that it's time for you to tap in, forgive, and let it go. And whatever attachment you may have built over time to that feeling of despair or anger or aggression or agony, you gotta let it go. You gotta let it subside. You have to detach yourself from that emotion. It's only gonna bring you more pain, it'll bring you disease, and it'll bring you more anger. It will not get you to where you want to be. If your intention is to be all around peaceful come 2019 or midway 2019, you're not going to get there if you keep holding on. You're not going to get there if you don't start with that first healing habit of the soul, which is forgiveness of yourself and others. Another one I want to talk about is self-talk. And self-talk is something that I've mentioned before. I've even written a post about thoughts and manifestation and self-talk and how to kind of really jut in with that. But just to briefly kind of go over it, we tend to be our biggest critics. It's a phrase we've heard before, right? Like we tend to be our biggest self-doubters, right? We tend to be our biggest neglectors. We tend to be the biggest ones that tell us that it can't happen. Oh, no, it's not going to work out. Or, oh, no, what's the feasibility? Or, oh, no, I'm never going to make the money or live the life I want to live, right? Wow. We do that to ourselves. Imagine. Imagine the energy that you're releasing when you're saying that to yourself about yourself. When you're so pessimistic about yourself. Sure, maybe you'll make it somewhere. But when you really begin to dig deep into yourself and, and you're all alone, no one's there, you're sitting there, what are you going to do? That cycle of negative self-talk, that cycle of convincing yourself that you're the worst person in this room, that you're the ugliest, that you have the worst soul, that you shouldn't be trusted, that you're a bad person, all of these different things that you keep telling yourself, you will be that continually if you continue to tell yourself that. But if your goal is to learn how to just stop that, and to adapt a new habit, because that's a habit. Self-talk is a habit. When you are, as we mentioned before, triggered by something or cued by something, whether that be a location, a person, an emotional response, thought, behavior, pattern, whatever it may be, that's when you find yourself cycling into whatever self-talk that you have a habit of doing to yourself. So self-talk is big, and 
it's really, really, really important to be kind and patient with yourself. And as I've mentioned before, interjecting, stopping that self-talk. You find yourself diving deep into that oppressive or negative state, interject that with everything will be okay, or stop, I love you, or stop, I forgive you, or no, stop, it's okay. Just anything. That's something that I've really tried with myself, especially if I'm out and about or I'm at work or something and somebody's irked me and I get to a space where, or, or like maybe something didn't go the way that I thought it, it should go, you know, you, can, you might find yourself wanting to go back to an old habit of, of just being negative about it. But there's no benefit there. There's no true reward. The reward that you might be getting from that self-talk is whatever attachment that you have to feeling comfortable in your negativity. That's not going to serve you for the long run. Whatever goals you have, wherever you're trying to get, that negativity is not going to help you get there in the way that perhaps you envision that you should get there. It's not going to attract the people into your life that perhaps you should be attracted into your life. The people that will serve you, the places that will serve you, the circumstances that will serve you. Things will always happen in your life. You will always experience some level of suffering. But what's important is how we respond to the events that happen in our lives. And if every time something bad happens, we start telling ourselves that we're the worst person on this earth, that's what we're going to be. The universe doesn't discern between what's good and what's bad. That's us. So if we know for a fact that we want to love ourselves, we want to care for ourselves, and we love our and we, we feel great about ourselves, then why not tell ourselves those things? Start saying today, right now, in this very moment, I love me. I feel good right now. I'm confident. I'm strong. I am love. I attract what is for me. I'm filled with peace, calmness. Whatever mantra it is that you would like to repeat to yourself constantly, do it now. Start now. Don't wait. Make that a habit today. Another one I want to hit on, which can play within this concept of, of self-talk, be being our own self-critics here, is habits of kindness and patience for self and others are healing habits for the soul. Healing and cultivating self-love, as I've mentioned before, can take time. But every part of this cycle is worth the work. It's worth the patience. It's worth the gutting and unpacking. It's worth the reflection. And it's worth the end result. And that is that pure divine gold that exists within you. The renewed you that takes the time to practice forgiveness every day for self and others. That takes the time to be your best self-supporter, your best self-lover, to take the time to be kind and patient to yourself and others, to have gratitude, that's transformative. The renewed you that has shed so much, shed that ego as well, right? Allowed yourself to come back into some form of balance. The self that is deconditioning the self and unbecoming all these ideas and perspectives and negative cyclical thought patterns that you once had 
It's amazing. That's a new you. That's a you that has morphed into something greater. If your intention was to embark on a path of self-healing and self-care, and you start with these healing habits, you will get there. You will be alive, present, and filled not only with love, but gratitude and compassion, the root of healing, self-care, self-love, and existence. Okay, so for the last part, I do want to preface this with I will be doing a completely separate episode on Ayurveda. I have to. This is something that I'm diving deeper into myself and with hopes to become certified as my own and with hopes to become as a certified Ayurvedic practitioner. But first and foremost, I want to say that our bodies are a temple. They house us. They house our spirit. And just as much as how what we think and what we say to ourselves and others impacts our spirit and our body, so does what we put in it and what we put around it. We must honor ourselves in every way possible, from thinking pure, loving, and kind thoughts for ourselves and others, and for eating well, listening to our intuitions, listening to our bodies and to our feelings, limiting our drug intake, and having loving self-talk for ourselves and other practices like spending time alone in meditation. So Ayurveda, just to kind of give a relatively brief summation of it, is that it is a traditional Hindu system of medicine, which is based on the idea of balance and bodily systems and uses diets, herbal treatments, and breathing techniques and meditation as a means to, to have mind-body balance. It was developed well before modern science even identified the connection between mind and the body and by ancient sages in India. So the system of Ayurveda, it's more than just about treating illness or identifying ills in the body. Ayu, which means life, Veda is science or knowledge, so it would be the science or knowledge of life itself. It offers a body of wisdom designed to help people stay vibrant and healthy while realizing their full human potential. So it's like that complete full cycle of mind, body, spirit practice. And that can, in fact, become a habit, a healing habit for the soul. Ayurveda operates on two main guiding principles. The first being that the body and mind are connected. The second being that there is nothing more powerful to heal and transform the body than the mind itself. So within Ayurveda falls physical practices like meditation and yoga. And as we talked about before, meditation is a practice that allows us, allows you, allows me, to enter into a state of expanded awareness and inner quiet. It is a practice that restores the mind and restores balance within the entire being. As the body and mind are, in fact, inseparable, the body is naturally balanced via meditation. That is why meditation matters. <laughs> why I do what I do, y'all. It's so, so important. Like, I'll tap into my own routine in a little bit, but meditation has changed my life and it's changed the life of others that I've talked to. And it's really, really a transformative practice of giving you the opportunity to tap into yourself, tap into your inner divine, and get to know yourself on a level that you've never really even knew expected or experienced before it it's truly transformative it helps you balance out it can help you manage your emotions manage your stress 
get to a place where you just feel at one. And it begins to change your entire auric field, your energy frequency. It can change it from this very negative space that you might be in to a very positive and loving space that is balanced both mind, body, and soul. Meditation is one of the most powerful tools that the Ayurvedic physicians and practitioners of the ancient time advocated for and used within the lifestyle and practice of Ayurveda. Other aspects of Ayurveda that are really good in terms of really adopting healing habits for yourself, one of them I start with diet. So just like anything else that takes practice, figuring out the best diet for yourself can take practice too. So when I was doing research on Ayurveda, I you know, was looking at the Chopak Center, so that's Deepak Chopak, and I'll also add the link to that as well. And they talk about, you know, having and eating a very colorful and flavorful diet. Um, just like how breathing is vital, so is eating, right? And making sure that we're eating the right side of diet that's filled with the proper nutrients is very important. So he talks about the six taste guiding principles used in the diet. That being sweet, salty, sour, pungent, bitter, and astringent. Each one is used in a variety of spices and herbs and can make for a healthy, flavorful, fulfilling, and nourishing diet. They can come in the form of chutneys, curries, and so much more. They recommend that you include these six different flavors in every single one of your meals to also promote for healthy digestion and overall presence and nutrient metabolization within your body. Um, they recommend to pay attention to your body as you're eating, especially, this is on my own recommendation here, especially pay attention to when something makes you feel ill, when something makes you feel heavy, when something makes you feel uncomfortable or just really gross, you know what I mean? Like anything that doesn't invigorate you or make you feel super nourished and fulfilled is something that you probably don't really need to be putting into your diet. That The biggest ones being junk food and um, a lot of fried foods. I mean, it's okay to enjoy and explore foods, but as always, moderation and balance is important. And as much as you can incorporate these different tastes and that's something that I recently started doing is incorporating the different taste principles within my own cooking. It has been transformative not only for myself, but also for my digestive tract, which is another very, very important thing that they recommend in Ayurveda. They teach good health is dependent on your capacity and your capability to fully metabolize the nutritional contents that you're putting within your body on the emotional and sensory level as well. To note, it's really interesting to kind of think of your food as information from the universe that you're ingesting, and it's, it's nourishing your body in some way, in some capacity. And some of the one-on-one digestive recommendations from the center include avoid eating in front of the TV or, or overly uh, stimulated by things outside of perhaps just conversation with others. I know that this can be something that could be hard to do. Our culture and a lot of our habits are really situated around like being entertained while we're eating. But, you know, think of it like going to a restaurant where you're really just kind of sitting with others or sitting with yourself. You're eating and you're being mindful of yourself. And even if you're tempted to be on your phone, try not to. Try to stay focused, very mindful and intentional with each bite that you take. Taking your time to really taste each of the different flavors, that sour, that sweet, that bitter, that astringent, that pungent. It's remarkable, trust me, especially when they're mixed the right way. <laughs> also, eat in a very settled atmosphere. So let's say if you have a you have a tendency to eat when you're sad or eat when you're angry. 
try not to do that. Try to take a few moments to just breathe in and breathe out, to center yourself, and to allow yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically to be balanced and filled with love and compassion. Allow yourself to be centered before beginning to commune in this sacred and loving act of eating. If you begin to see eating as a very sacred space, just like breathing should be a very sacred space or existing is a very sacred thing, you begin to really enjoy and appreciate and have a greater gratitude for this practice of eating. And having such a perspective about consuming your food in this way that is filled with a very centered aspect is a healing habit for the soul. Trust me. Also, another thing, which is something that I personally still kind of struggle with, is eating at a moderate pace, so not too fast and not too slow. I myself sometimes start gulping down food, especially if I'm too hungry. <laughs> but like, it's something that is important to take in mind. Also, if you begin to try something like mindful eating, like you're trying to pick up a practice of, let's say every single day for lunch, you're going to take your time to eat mindfully. And mindful eating can mean paying attention to every chew, or paying attention to every flavor or the texture, you know what I mean? So it can really be like you taking the time to really focus on how that food experience is for you in this very present moment. That's what I mean by mindful eating there. Another thing that I actually do myself and that they recommend is drinking hot water, either with a ginger or lime or simply by itself. One thing that is recommended to do um, especially if you see something on your tongue when you wake up in the morning that uh, like a thick white coating that's what they call ama um, in ayurveda and sanskrit and ama pretty much is undigested matter um, and it just and so your tongue is like the gateway into your digestive system right so you can really learn a lot just by looking at the tongue is it swollen is it cracked dry all these different things can tell you different aspects or or what your body may be needing or if it's imbalanced in some way so if you see that you wake up in the morning you have this really thick coating over your tongue or throughout the day you have this really thick coating that means that your body isn't metabolizing food in the right way and it's not digesting it and if you don't really address this, it can lead to long-term chronic issues and diseases. So what's recommended to do is to start your morning off and every 20 minutes from then, sipping on just a few sips of a hot water, hot water with ginger or lime or lemon, whatever it may be, and just, just being really consistent and persistent about that. You want to make sure that your digestive tract is A-OK -okay and that it's operating fine. And if it isn't, if it's gotten to a point where it's causing a lot of issues, you want to make sure that you see a professional. Now, in terms of other things when it comes to Ayurveda, in terms of discussing more details of the science and, and the things that they call doshas and all these other things, I mentioned I'll talk about that in another episode. I, I do want to go ahead and jump into the next uh, healing habit, which which also is addressed in Ayurveda, and that is getting abundant and restful sleep. Um, so there's a, lot, a couple of different things that you can do, and that's something that I'll even tap into a little bit further in uh, next, the next podcast on Ayurveda. Um, but you can do habits either in the morning or before you go to bed, but know that when you're asleep, that is your body's time to repair itself, to heal itself, and to continue to keep its immune system up to date. And um, if, you, if the body's not getting a reasonable amount of sleep, I mean, there's like a whole book actually, I'll actually link 
the book to this podcast. It really talks about the importance and the science of sleep and why it matters so much in our practice of healing and our practice of like just being more oriented, being more productive people, being more mentally, emotionally, spiritually sound. Like there's so much that can happen from sleeping. Um, but just, just know that doing our very best to find ways to allow ourselves to have deeper and more fuller and abundant night's sleep is highly, highly important. So one thing that you can do, which is something that I started doing about two or three weeks ago, are hot oil massages. And that can essentially take the form of what I use here is grapeseed oil. And um, I heat it up in a glass jar. And then I start from the scalp and I make my way down to the rest of my body, including massaging my feet and my toes. And I just take the time to put the oil on my hands and massage it in my scalp, my face, my ears, inside the ears as well. Also my neck and my shoulders. And for any joints that I have, I go in a circular motion to kind of really warm up those joints and those ligaments there. And then for the stomach, I also go in a circular motion as well, keeping in mind the digestive tract as well, just to kind of get that stimulated too. So that's something that you can do at night or in the morning. It can be a very calming and just experience that that is very filled with fluff. I mean, you take the time to rub yourself down in hot oil. Like, man, come on. I started doing it, and it's like some of the, it's like one of the best experiences I've ever started doing to myself. I really, really enjoy it. So I definitely recommend you guys trying. And if you have any other questions about the right type of oil to use um, or, you know, can you put essential oils in it, usually what I do, I mix grapeseed and lavender in it to really kind of add some aromatherapy to that and and really enhance the calming feeling of it. But if you have any questions, be sure to let me know. You can leave me a a message, an email, whatever it might be. But as always, I will come back to this a little bit later just to kind of dive a little bit more into the purpose of doing self-massages. Another thing about sleep is that at the Chopra Center, they define getting restless sleep as um, being able to drift off, you know, easily without the use of drugs or alcohol whatever else it may be and um, like I said I mean if it's getting to the point where you're having a lot of sleeping problems you may want to see a sleep professional but it's also important is to just continue to find different ways like even a meditation before bed can help you sleep also physical exercise can really help you sleep as well whether or not you're doing intensive exercise or you know just a walk outside. I mean, spending time in nature can also help to increase your your ability to sleep at night, to feel comfortable and calm. So there's really a lot of different things that you have to do. And also it could be self-talk. So there's a lot of different interconnectedness between the mind and the body. And once we really begin to unpack these things, especially on our healing journeys, and while we're searching for new healing habits for our soul, we really need to, one, be very truthful and honest about it and take the time to actually genuinely unpack and recenter ourselves. So I want to go ahead and jump into what is my routine. And this is something that I'll actually write up and I'll post so that you guys can see it in written fashion too. But I start my mornings usually between 6 and 6.30 a.m. I place my hands over my heart and I kind of just really bask in the gratitude of the day for for being awake, for having breath. Um, I then proceed to do some morning yoga while I'm in bed. I stretch out my lower back. Um, I take some time to place my hand on my chakras and just pray and be grateful for them. Um, I then get out of bed, either with my right or my left foot, the left being the more analytical side and the right being the creative. I usually just kind of fill that out. 
And then I kind of sit in a very deep squat. Some people may know it as the Asian squat, but in Sanskrit it's called malasana. Um, and I will provide a link so that you can kind of see what that looks like as well. But it's a very grounding pose. It taps into kind of like that downward flower energy and helps to bring more calmness and awareness as well. So I sit in this malasana pose and I just begin to envision a violet light coming through my crown chakra or my head and going all the way through my body and exiting through the base of my root chakra there. And I just kind of allow that energetic cycle to continue for a little while. After that, I get up and I go to the bathroom and I start with a stainless steel tongue scraper, low-key a tongue twister. Just to get that gunk off, I also look at my tongue to see if there's any swelling, cracks, whatever it may be, any type of imbalance that I can try to identify and, and use Ayurvedic practices to help with. After that, I then begin to brush my teeth with non-fluoride toothpaste. You know, we're trying to keep our pineal glands uncalcified. Um, and then I also begin to drink some hot water, either with a lime or just by itself, just to get my digestive tract activated, as I spoke about earlier. Then I enter into my main living area where I have my yoga mat set up. And I usually start with Qigong. And to briefly talk about what that is, Qigong is um, described as a mind-body-spirit practice that improves one's mental and physical health over time. It integrates postures, movement, breathing techniques, self-massage, and everything else. It's also it, it's an ancient Chinese practice, similar to Tai Chi, but a little bit different. Its main purpose is to open up the flow of energy at the different meridian points within the body, or the nadi points. These are the same points in which an acupuncturist would use to help release the energy flow in that point. It's really overall an enhancer and allows me to kind of get more in touch with my chi or my life force energy. And, it, you know, you're kind of just like moving it around as you're flowing with these movements. And they're very subtle, very calm movements. And they help to really just kind of like warm up the joints, get the blood flowing and circulating in the body there. So that's usually what I start with. Then after I do my qigong exercise, which takes maybe about five or ten, five or ten minutes, I then move into a sun salutation yoga practice. Um, I do that for like maybe about five to seven minutes. Then after I do that, I sit for my meditation where I typically uh, sit for a few moments just in very quiet solitude, just taking in the moment. And also I forgot to note, before I start the Qigong, I do set an intention for the day. So, or I set an intention for just that practice right there and intention for the meditation. Uh, so after I spend some moments just quiet with myself, I then move into the Shadasha Kriya, which I talked about a lot in episode three. Um, and then after the Sudhasha Kriya, that breathing technique, I allow myself to sit in a deeper state of meditation for some time, allowing myself to think about what I want to, allow things to come and go. Sometimes I hear things, sometimes I don't, sometimes I see things, sometimes I don't. You know, every meditation experience is a little bit different, but I allow myself to just sit and to allow things to come and go, no attachment to any thought, feeling, or perspective. And then at that, I finally allow myself to gently awaken from a meditation experience and then I go about my day, get dressed, leave, go to work. That takes around like an hour and a half, two hours. That's also a big reason why I wake up at around 6, 6.30 in the morning, somewhere in between that time frame to kind of get it done because it takes so long. But this has been a habit that has changed for me over time. Before, I was always only just meditating for a few minutes a day. And as I really began to dive a little bit deeper into my self-care and self-healing journey, that's when I began to add on the tongue scraper, the yoga in bed, the gratitude, placing hands over the heart and speaking prayers of gratitude 
uh, the qigong and uh, is also the constant and persistent uh, yoga practice so over time my habit itself has changed and it's morphed i found ways to keep myself centered without having to rely on anything else other than myself and um, i'm very open and accepting of my habits morphing and changing with time so that they continue to match any type of energetic experience that i'm morphing into or changing into or experiencing right so i'm very open and honest and gentle with myself as things come and go and as i let go of unserving habits as of being someone who was always trapped in a cycle of negative self-talk to someone who was now super excited super grateful super loving and super compassionate and always willing to share a story so in the end know that whatever it is that you are seeking it is in fact seeking you as well and that it is a hundred percent possible to undo any healthy habits or habits habits that no longer serve you and to pick up habits that are healthy or ones that do serve you. I suggest to start small, to begin to insert a healing habit into your morning or night routine progressively, and you can also do your own research on other habits that really seem to serve you. But I definitely recommend the habits of forgiveness, kindness, gratitude, uh, great self-talk, and also uh, your digestion, your body, exercise of any form, whether by intense or low intensity, I do recommend really, really considering incorporating these, whether or not it be in your morning routine or your night routine. Overall, all of this is up to you. And if you really, really want to get into these things, watch how your life will change when you start to be consistent and persistent about these new healing and healthy habits. As always, leave a comment, share with your friends or family, whoever else you may see fit, and always, you know, just listen and enjoy. Let me know what you think. Send me an email, DM me, leave a comment wherever you see fit. Always know that if you do need help outside, you can seek a therapist, a counselor, a doctor, an Ayurvedic practitioner, a Qigong teacher, whatever it may be, to really help you through your practice and that it's okay to do that. But also know that there is power and courage in wanting to heal and care for yourself. Your future self will always thank you. Namaste.